Well, for me, it's really fun. Um, today, we get to hear from our youth leader, Ron. And Ron has been such an influence um, in the transition for me, more than just youth leadership, but not only do I trust you with the youth, I just trust you with um, your ideas, your accountability, and running things off of me. So Ron's been such a blessing, but it's important that you guys also get to hear from him. So um, Ron, why don't you come up here? We're going to pray for Ron, and um, then he's going to share with us today. And um, I keep on telling you guys that I come from a holler back church, <laughs> and I don't ever hear no holler back in. <laughs> so today, Ron's going to get the uh, holler back in. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray for Ron. You guys can extend your hands, um, whatever you want to do. God, we thank you for Ron's life. We thank you for his uniqueness. We thank you for his gifts. Thank you for his time and discipline um, over the past couple weeks of preparation to share your word. We just, uh, we, we bless that he desires to share your word. We bless that he desires to, to serve your people and to serve you. I pray that you would give us ears to hear today, hearts uh, willing to love, feet ready mm -hmm. to run, and minds that can comprehend, God, your word. Mm -hmm. Bless Ron. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. Pastor Joey uh, means so much to me. Um, I remember I was going through a phase in my life. Uh, um, this was before, you know, my wife and I met, right before we met. And I was just having a really hard time with my relationship with God because um, the church I was going to, they went through a big split and I was young and impressionable, and um, I was just frustrated at that time. And um, I remember just been a struggle, and I was just kind of rebelling against God. Now, at that time, I was still going to Bible studies, but I didn't want to be held accountable. So I did a little Bible study hop. I would go to different ones, and if people started getting a little too close, I just wanted to kind of run away. And so um, I was working at Hollister, and... Um, I seen um, this guy and his beautiful wife come in and he had this box of donuts. And I said, that face looks familiar. And I said, uh, is your name Joey Brown? And he said, yeah. So Joey starts feeling all good because somebody knows him. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, I, was like I, went with your, I went to school with your mom about two years ago or something like that. And uh, it just deflated him. And so he's just like, <laughs> he's just like, um, Man, that's crazy. He was like, he was like, I was like, what do you, uh, what do you do? He's like, I'm a youth pastor at um, uh, at the Vineyard in Dayton, and he said, you should come by my youth group sometime. I said, all right, I'll do it. He didn't believe I'd come by, but I ended up coming by, and uh, we've been kind of inseparable since. And so um, we just always kind of knew that God would uh, uh, use us together in ministry. And um, Joey was one of the uh, foundational pieces of my life when I was coming um, back into a deeper relationship with Christ um, after I went through all of those struggles. So I'm um, very thankful for Joey, and uh, it's, it's pretty amazing that um, we're here and um, uh, we're exhorting and strengthening the body by sharing the Word of God. So um, 
Uh, we've been talking a lot about community. Um, Pastor Joey has, uh, has uh, hit on that very well, the importance of it. Um, I was just kind of thinking of some things that stood out to me when I thought of community in the body of Christ. And so uh, here, here are four things. And I was just, uh, I was like, let me come up with an acronym. Um, and, and Jason, this is an acronym because it spells a word. Um, <laughs> Jason and I talked about this, has to spell a word down the side and, and, and to meet the word. So um, I, came up with the word, uh, I came up with the word seat. So we're all in our seats, and this is community, and this is where we can confess our sins. We can be encouraged, um, engage in accountability, and share our testimonies to tell of what God has done in our lives. And I started thinking a little bit more, and God started, uh, he started talking to me, and he said, there's a little bit more to community than that. So I added a few other words. And I switched it around and I spell fiesta. So I say, hey, it's like coming to a fiesta. So um, next time you invite someone to service, um, don't tell them they're going to church. Just knock on their door and say, hey, Holmes, would you like to come to the fiesta? <laughs> so um, it's all about fun, inclusion, encouragement, uh, confessing our sins, testimony, to tell the, the great things that God has done in our life and to engage in accountability. So um, one of the things that we're going to hit about one today is accountability. Um, uh, tough subject. Um, however, um, it's, it's very good and it can be very encouraging. Um, so, uh, uh, if we could go to our first verse, this is a verse that kind of stuck out to me that, um, um, it's, it's, I wish it could be bigger, but there it is. (laughs) Put those glasses on. All righty. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And this is speaking about um, uh, back in the Jewish culture of how they had the temple and how um, they had the, uh, the veil up. And they used to, the priest used to take the lambs back there and they would sacrifice it. It would be the atonement for our sins. And when Jesus died on the cross, he became the atonement for that sin. Amen. It, that, that veil was split in two. And now we have a way straight to Jesus Christ. <laughs> it doesn't have to be through man. So um, that's what this is talking about. And it says, and, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Now I want us to pay attention to these words. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Now in that community, coming together, coming together, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And that's the day when Jesus will return. Let's keep reading. We're going to the next slide. Um, 26. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. 
Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated us as an unholy thing, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So um, right there, those verses hit on quite a few things. Um, It it, it hit on um, us being in community and us being held accountable. uh, Where it says, too, that um, let us consider how we may spur... um, one another on toward love and good deeds. Um, that the original words uh, uh, is exhort, and it means to strongly encourage or urge to do something. We are encouraging each other in this community on towards good deeds. And so, um, a lot of this isn't new information. We've heard this before. However, sometimes God, he just wants to reiterate it. He wants to put it on our hearts, and he just wants to speak to us again. So, um, so uh, Lord, just speak to us today. Um, so how many Buckeye fans did we have in here? Oh, we got a lot of them. I hope you guys had fun watching the game. I didn't get to see it last night. I was so sad. Um, but... Uh, I love the Buckeyes, and I love Urban Meyer. The guy is fiery. Um, does anybody know who that is? Shiano. That is Shiano. Yeah. She knows the esoteric information, the coaches. Um, yeah, that's Greg Shiano. And that guy on the left right there, that is Greg Shiano's get-back coach. That is called a get-back coach because what happens is Greg Shiano gets so fired up that he's just walking around that sideline, and it's so funny, you should watch him. He's walking in between the referees, and he's walking in between the players, and he gets so pumped up that he just wants to run out on the field. So he hired a professional get-back coach so that he doesn't get a flag. That get-back coach is so funny, he just follows him around, and he grabs him by the belt buckle anytime he goes too far out on the field. Isn't that great? He hired somebody to, to kind of... Um, keep him in control because once his emotions are so high, he's not even paying attention to himself. He's going to run to that referee. I've seen Urban Meyer do it a few times myself. I believe that's a perfect example of what willingness to accountability is. It's us being willing to put people in our lives that do that for us. They keep us back and they know um, they can kind of keep us in check in love. It's in love. It's when we initiate relationships that help us stay in the boundaries of reasonable behavior according to the Word of God. It's initiating relationships, us going to people that help us stay in the boundaries of reasonable behavior according to the Word of God. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have freedom to run around in here, get a little close to the wall. That happens sometimes, right? 
But those relationships, those people keep, keep us in reasonable behavior according to the word of God. You know, um, I've always kind of done this because uh, have you ever had those dry spells in your life where it just seems so hard to have devotion or get into the Bible or read or do anything? I've had several of them. I've been there. It's been so trying. And, and something that the Lord showed me how to do early is, is how to put spiritually sound people around me. Because those people just drag me. It's like, it's like going to the gym. Have you guys ever tried to go to the gym by yourself? How long does that last? <laughs> For me, it lasts about a couple weeks. And then, and then, then we're back to, uh, to, the, to the regular diet and the chilling. But, um, it's, it's, it, you know, um, when we have that person that will go with us to the gym, they're kind of forcing, the, forcing us out of bed by calling us and giving us text message. You up, man? You up? And they're kind of, they're kind of, they're kind of pulling us along, um, along that journey. So um, always say, always say the, uh, well, I've heard it said, the top five people you hang out with is, is who you become. So I, I told myself, you know, if I hung out with five bodybuilders, could you believe how big I'd be? Naturally, it'd just come along with it. What about if I hung out with five billionaires? That's all I did, just hung out with those guys. How about five partiers? <laughs> so five spiritually sound people. I try to put spiritual people into my life and um, just kind of brings us along. A lot of times when we have people who can hold us accountable, um, they see us a lot better than we see ourselves. It's like, it's like this coach right here, um, Urban Meyer. I think of Urban Meyer. He has several people who hold him accountable. He has a guy up in the, up in the box. They can see things that he can't see from the field, and they, and they shout down in, in instructions. Um, that's kind of how those people are in our lives that hold us accountable. See, their objective is to win the game. They want to win the game, so they don't want to be flagged. So they put somebody there. They say, hey, you're going to hold me back. <laughs> you're going to keep me within this line of reasonable behavior. You're going to help me out. It's something that we initiate. We want those people in our lives. That's the objective for us. We want to be able to win the relationship. We want to be able to win the marriage. We want to be able to win the community. We want to be able to win Mechanicsburg. God, show us. You know, sometimes we are so passionate about the game, we're so passionate about life that um, sometimes we do run out there. <laughs> we do bump into the ref. And I believe God understands. He understands. That's okay because we're passionate. We're full of emotion. A lot of times we can't see ourselves. Um, It's, it's, it's very difficult to actually see ourselves. Um, uh, <clears throat> my wife and I, we started a, a, a hip-hop group. 
okay? And um, it's called So Grande. And we were actually blessed last year to do 30 shows in our first year of really traveling. And so um, one of the shows that we did was uh, at um, Grace um, in Piqua, where Joey was the youth pastor. He invited us to come out. Do um, you guys know who Clayton Jennings is? Clayton Jennings, he's, a, he's, an, he's an evangelist, um, great guy, very powerful speaker. Um, and so Clayton Jennings was out, and we had another guy named Blaze Johnson, amazing uh, voice. He sung on The Voice, the show. And uh, so we did this concert, and we had our assistant with us. She was helping us out that day. And at the end of this concert, um, we thought we nailed it, thought we did pretty good, and um, and uh, so we went to go clean up and take everything out to the car. And we went to go take everything out to the car. We couldn't find the keys. Couldn't find the keys anywhere. So we're asking um, the assistant. We were like, hey, have you seen the keys? We're searching the church, searching all over the place. It was getting late. We were getting tired. And so um, our assistant just ended up leaving and going back to Columbus. And Joey said, you know what, Ron, you and Nadine can stay with me. I said, okay, great. He said, matter of fact, we're playing basketball in the morning so you can stay and play some basketball in the morning. I was like, okay, great. Um, so we went over to Joey's house and uh, we spent the night. I bought some basketball shoes at Walmart since we we're going to be playing on carpet floor. And um, those things are streaky. And, uh, <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's just kind of weird, you know, when you, when you go over somebody's house, even if they're a close friend or family, you just don't want to take, take a shower in their house or anything. Well, we went over Joey, Joey and them's house, and they were very, um, they were very giving and everything. So we end up, we end up, I ended up just sleeping on the couch. I passed out. I was so tired. I, I was so tired. Matter of fact, I think we woke up late, and Joey was like, "Hurry up, we gotta go." <laughs> and so I woke up. I didn't brush my teeth or anything. I didn't take a shower or anything, and I was feeling pretty nasty. And so um, I, we, Joey and I, we, we run and we get in the car. I'm talking to Joey in, in the car and everything. And Joey's talking to me about the concert, things I liked, things I didn't like. I get to the church. I'm still trying to be kind of con uh, conscious of everything that's going on here because I haven't brushed anything. I have people coming up to me, uh, talking to me. Man, that was tight last night. You know, and they give me dap and everything. And they're trying to talk to me. And so I'm trying to be real con uh, con uh, conscious about it. But they're still talking to me in my face. And um, so um, I'm on the first game. We play and we lose. And I'm like, it's time to go do something. I got to brush some teeth or do something. <laughs> and if anybody knows me, I'll always carry a toothbrush. And it's like a kitchen sink in my bag. So um, chapstick and everything else in there, deodorant. So I went, I went to the bathroom to go brush my teeth. Okay. I put some toothpaste on my toothbrush. And I look up into the mirror and I have a slobber stain crusted on the side of my face that whole time. And nobody told me the biggest slobber stain right here. Like I just drooled all down my face all night. And I was like, how come nobody told me I have no friends? And so, so I'm like, man, somebody saw that. Or maybe they just thought, man, that's what Ron likes to do. He, he, he keeps that slobber on there as an exfoliant. I know he does. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, but uh, <laughs> the, 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 the truth of the matter is that 
people can see us a lot better than we can see ourselves. A lot of times we can't see ourselves. I want to ask you a question. How many times have you blinked today? How many times has your heart beat today? Have you already stopped thinking about your eyes blinking? Isn't that hard to keep track of? Throughout this whole day, we didn't regulate our own blood pressure. We didn't make our kidneys work. We didn't do any of that. God did it. And that makes me just want to rely on him even more. Because it lets me know that I'm not in control of a lot. I look for accountability because of that cause. For that reason. People can actually see me when I can't see myself. I've had times in my life where my attitude wasn't right. It was not right. And I couldn't realize it until I had other people tell me. Accountability can be a beautiful thing. God can do amazing things in our lives through other people and being in community. So what is common and what is normal in our world when it comes to accountability? You didn't have to go to the next slide, but we can stay there. That's fine. What's common is for us to live in community or for us to live without accountability. It's very common. For the most part, um, we live in a culture where um, we necessarily don't want to be I don't want to say told what to do because nobody wants to be told what to do. Um, We don't want to be held accountable for um, our actions, our behavior, um, even if our lives aren't um, lining up with the way God wants us to live. And what's normal is for us to live in community that holds us accountable. So when we say what's normal, we mean the expectation according to what God's looking for in our lives. So um, something, something that, we, that we know is that this isn't in us by nature. For us to be held accountable, it's just not. Um, even little babies, um, uh, you, f- you find this in the um, book Smarter, Faster, Better by Charles Duhigg. He kind of talks about how babies have this desire for control. And it's so strong that once a baby learns how to eat, he will deny a- adults' help even if that adult helping means that the food will get into his mouth even better. He will say, no, I got this. They kind of tell us when to pick them up and when to put them down. And it's kind of crazy because it's in their subconscious. They're not even aware of a lot of things. And And it's just built inside of them. So that's a part of who we are. It's a part of who we are. Um, and so, um, 
it's, it's one of the things that, um, that can keep us from being um, held accountable. Um, I know for me, I know for me several times in my life, um, looking back on it in retrospect, I was like a brick. I mean, you couldn't move me. <laughs> I was not moldable at all. If Jesus was the potter, I was the brick. <laughs> he, weren't, he weren't molding me. Um, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't able to be taught by a lot of people. Um, um, but I'm, I'm thankful God has, 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 has loosened up the clay and, and now I'm more moldable. I'm willing to be that way. You see, uh, there was a king. Um, I, could, I could read through the, the chapters, but um, we won't do that. Um, uh, it's in 1 Kings chapter 22. You had King Ahab who was uh, seeking counsel from several, um, several prophets. And he was trying to see if he should go um, to, to war. And there was a certain prophet named Micaiah who <laughs> always seemed to prophesy bad about him. <laughs> and, and King Ahab basically told Jehoshaphat, the other king that he was working with, he said, he said, I listen, all the other prophets have told me, yes, that I should go to war. But Micaiah keeps telling me no. He keeps telling bad things about me. So I don't want to go to Micaiah because he's going to say something bad. So Jehoshaphat said, hey, man, you shouldn't be like that. Let's just go to Micaiah and ask him, okay? And so this messenger went out to Micaiah and he said, hey, look, if you say something good about the king, hey, thumbs up for you. Um, you're in good shape. And so Micaiah said, I must do what the Lord tells me. I have to be honest with him and say what the Lord, what the Lord puts on my heart. So Micaiah, when they brought him to Ahab, he was like, hey, you're going to win. You're going to win the battle. Go ahead and fight it. He was like, why must you lie to me? <laughs> He's like, don't lie to me. <laughs> Tell me the truth. And so Micaiah told him, he said, he said look, you're going, you're, you're going to be torn to shreds. He said, your, your, your men are going to run on the countryside. He said, and you're going to be killed. The king got mad. He locked Micaiah up in prison. And he said, don't let him out until I come back safely. And he took the men to war instead. He, he took the men to battle. And, and um, Ahab was killed in that war. He was killed in that battle. And the men were scattered on the, in the countryside. And they all went home. I think, about, I think about myself a lot of times. I'm very scared to hear negative things. That is very hard for me to do. Very hard for me to do. Um, especially, especially when it comes to singing. I have a sensitive part when it comes to singing. <laughs> I've talked to several people about this. But if, but if I hear there's, you know little small something that, that is going on or that I messed up on, oh man, it hits home. Now I may keep a smile on my face, but my heart rate picks up. There's a little adrenal glands right above your, uh, your kidneys. Man, those things fire off at a million miles per hour. All the blood rushes to your, your fight or flight responses right here and the brain stops thinking. It's just like, <sighs> because that's what happens when we hear something negative, when we hear negative news. It can, be, it can be very hard. It's not in our, it's not in our nature to be, able to, to be able to hear that. Um, um, 
So this, this verse in Proverbs uh, 3:11 through 12, it kind of helps me. And it says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father and a son he delights. So I kind of think, of, I kind of think about that and I, and I start thinking about the rich young ruler, how you had this guy basically, you know, Jesus speaking to this rich young ruler. You had this guy basically who was like, hey, look, I follow all the rules from day one, all the way up, and I got some bread. Can I be your disciple? That's basically what he said. Now, in most churches in Ohio, we would have put that guy on the deacon board right away. Like, he follows all the rules, he got some bread, let's put him on the deacon board. But Jesus said no. He said something that was really hard. He said, he said it's easier for, for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And it was not because he was rich. Jesus knew where his heart was. Jesus knew that that was his idol. It could have been anything else that he wasn't really willing to let go of. The reality is that sometimes we hear hard things. We hear hard things in accountability. Sometimes pastors have to have hard conversations and, they, and, they, and, they're, and they're doing it in love. And sometimes Jesus has to say hard things to us and he's doing it in love. So I'll tell you what, it's, what accountability is not. I don't think it's necessarily a time to start sharing because have you ever been in one of those sermons and you're like, oh, I just wish so-and-so was here because they really need this. They really need it. They could really use it. And I've done that before several times. Unconsciously, um, I've said that, like, oh, they need to be here. And a lot of times the Lord, is, he's correcting me. He said, no. He said, no, this sermon's for you. This sermon's for you. I want you, I want you to listen to this. What it's not is it's not about us being worried about every little thing we've got wrong in our lives. That that is that is that is that is worry. See, worry worry welcomes anxiety. That is not an acronym, Jason, wherever you went. <laughs> worry welcomes anxiety, but our willingness to what God has to say welcomes possibilities. Um, one, one, of the, one of the challenges um, I've noticed working with artists, music artists, is that music artists struggle with this uh, uh, greatly. Um, I've, 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 I've played with music artists. I've seen them, and um, I've listened to their music, and they are so good. I'm like, why isn't this person on the radio? Why isn't this person on the radio? They're phenomenal. And then I would go and I sit down, and I talk with them just for a little bit. And this is, not, this is not judgment on them, it's discernment. But I could see why they hadn't made it because they weren't absorbent to the things that they needed to correct. They had small little issues and they, and they needed to correct those things. And um, they weren't willing or open to accountability. They weren't willing and open to that. Um, Nadine and I have struggled with this. It's one of our struggles because we're husband and wife. So there's a lot of emotional things going on there. And um, uh, we're, we're blessed to have uh, the talents that we do. Um, however, sometimes there's disagreements there when it comes to songs. And we really, we really saw 
the, um, the benefit in um, holding each other accountable when it comes to making music. Because sometimes, well, everything that you, you put out necessarily isn't good. But like I said, that soft spot in my heart, you know, you write a song and you pour your heart into it and then somebody tells you it's not good. Man, it can just, it can just tear you down. And, it, and it's, kind of, it's kind of amazing. Nadine and I, what we did, we saw the importance of accountability. So we kind of flipped the script. Um, who, who in here uh, has ever quit a job? Who's ever been fired from a job? I saw his hands swing, swing up real quick. Like, I know I have. I've been actually a couple times. Hopefully I can stay here a little bit longer. So. <laughs> Nadine, and I, Nadine and I, we learned, we learned how to, which, well, tell me this, which, which, which feels better? If, if quitting feels better, just put your hand up. <laughs> Quitting feels better than getting fired. Why? Because we get to make the decision. We say, I don't need you guys anymore. I'm out of here. Same result. You're still leaving the place. But when they come to you and they say, we don't need you anymore, it's just like, oh, man, they don't need me anymore. So Nadine and I, we learned, we learned how to do that because we saw, we saw the, um, the importance of it. So we started quitting before we got, we got fired. So Nadine started making these so grande flex sheets where she would say, she would initiate it and she would say, how is my song? <laughs> how is my song? Um, and um, I just thought that was, I thought, just thought that was beautiful. Um, how, how we can initiate um, and we're, and we're becoming more absorbent to accountability. More willing, I should say, to accountability. How does God feel about account, accountability? Um, I didn't put these verses up here, but I just read them really quick. Um, one is James 5.16. It says, Therefore confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other so that ye may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man, of a righteous person, is a powerful and effective prayer. Galatians 6.1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Proverbs 15 and 1 says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 9, 9 says this, instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. God puts a, a high in, importance on accountability. Um, when we fall, he calls us to encourage one another and pick each other up. To strengthen one another, <laughs> even when we haven't fallen. 
to continue the race? He loves us. And one of the things that one of the things that God did was he made this universe very fair. He made it very fair. You know, um, Newton's, Newton's third law says for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So what that means is in our, in our relationships, it's kind of crazy. If you go up to someone and you smile, you shake their hand, they'll smile right back at you. If you go up to them and you smack them in the face, you're going to get an equal and opposite reaction. <laughs> if you say, oh, Ron, that's not true. That's not true. I'll tell you, man, this, this universe is very fair. Gravity will be very honest with you, especially in the winter months when you're out there walking on the ice. In our spiritual lives, we reap of the Holy Spirit, according to Galatians 6, 7 through 10, <laughs> when we're connecting with the Holy Spirit. Um, Pastor Joey's talked about uh, man not eating bread alone. And in Galatians 6, 7 through 10, it also says we reap of the flesh when we feed the flesh. He's made the universe very fair. Sometimes in our relationships, whether they be on the micro level between uh, a husband and wife, or on a macro level, between races, the same thing still applies. I'll tell you what I mean. If I want to be in a loving relationship with someone who's of a different color than me, it may not be a good thing for me to come to them and call them something in advance before I try to set up a relationship with them. It's one of the big problems we're facing right now. 
And it's, it's, it's ubiquitous. It happens in the, just not out in the world, but in the, in the, in the, in the Christian population too, where we're, we're jumping on, on bandwagons and, and uh, the, the world's trying to, divide, trying to divide the church. Can I give you honest, I'm going to give you honest testimony. I'm just be honest with you. We were, we were heading... We were heading over to, um, we're heading east. I believe we're going to Pittsburgh. And we were driving in, um, we, were, we, were dri- we were in West Virginia. And we stopped at a BP gas station. And um, I hopped out and I, I went into the BP gas station. And as soon as I went inside the BP gas station, there was this tall, like six foot six, six foot seven, bearded white guy with tattoos on his arms, a leather vest, leather pants, and boots on, leaning up against the, the, uh, the counter. And as soon as I came in, guess what my mind subconsciously said? I said, that guy's a racist. That guy's a racist. I went down the aisle, got a drink out the back, walking to the front, and he's still leaning on the counter, talking to the, talking to the girl at, the, at their cash register. He's leaning like this, and he doesn't move. I walk up to the, <laughs> to, to the lady, and I put my card in, and that guy's still sitting right there. And I'm like, man, this racist dude is not moving. So, me trying to pay attention to her and pay attention to him, I typed in the wrong number. And I, and I just turned kind of red. I said, I'm so sorry. I typed in the wrong number. You have to do it again. He said, don't you hate it when you do that, man? That's so embarrassing. He said, oh, man. He said, oh. He said, man, I hate when I do that, man. And he was, he was so nice, and he was trying to be in relationship with me. And I rained down those words of judgment down upon him. Didn't even think, didn't even think. I, I, I called it, I caught myself blinking. I had to make myself more available to God. And you know what? He started showing me that more often. He said, whoa, 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 you just shot a judgment right there. And it was not true. A part of us being in community and being held accountable, it just starts with us. It starts in here. It starts with our willingness to accept some things that may be tough. Sometimes it goes beyond um, our nature. So we actually got to rely on Christ a little bit more and say, God, just show me. He'll show you. It says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. I'm not even sure how long I've been going, but I'm about ready to wrap up. So, (laughs) 
Could you just bow your head and close your eyes with me? God was telling me that there are some of us in here who who've been struggling with some things for quite some time now. And that he wants to release you from that. And he's saying that It's going to be tough and it's going to be hard. But that he loves you and he has something beautiful for you, for, for you. He has something beautiful for you. Some things in life come with some sort of daily discipline even if it means waking up early and meeting with God. Sometimes we want uh, (laughs) the beauty of of life's riches or spiritual riches uh, without uh, any work. Sometimes we want the, the grade without the study, and we want, we want the abs without the crunches, and we want the wealth without the savings. But God, I just pray that you, you speak to us right now, Lord. You know what that thing is that we can't release. Lord, you have something beautiful for us. Lord, we all go through these times, Lord, and we're just going to ask. If, that, if that's you could, you, could you just slip your hand up? Mm-hmm. See those hands. See those hands. See those hands. Yep. Dear Father, you're so good. You are so good. Lord, as we mentioned, we can't do anything without you, Lord. You control (laughs) this whole universe. It's in your hands. Dear God, we're just praying that, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. May we find time to tap into you. Because, Lord, we can't do it on our own power. We need you, Father. May we tap into you, Lord. May we not live off of, off of bread alone. <laughs> but off of every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
May that be our focus, Lord. Dear God, you see those hands that went up in love, Lord. (laughs) You love your children. May you embrace them, Lord. Lord, will you um, give them opportunity for accountability? Even if it's hard, Lord, if they, even if they need some time, could they, could they speak to a spouse? Or could they speak to um, a loved one? Could they reach out? And could that person be the right one to just pray with them and show love to them? May you work through that person. We thank you, Father. We're thankful for you speaking to us today. We ask you these things in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. <laughs> so I'll take a deep breath. Accountability, right? We need it. It's not easy. Worry welcomes anxiety, right? Willingness welcomes possibilities. We know we need more possibilities in our life, amen? Willingness to go there. Willingness, 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 amen? So I commission you this week, Find safe people to continue to be accountable with in your life. And you know, there's certain people that we don't have to have the willingness with. If you have a spouse, God has placed that spouse in your life for a very specific reason, right? Your siblings, your siblings are important people that God has placed in your life. Your parents, your grandparents, those people. Now, there could be some unique relational dynamics, But those people are very important for you to be accountable to. Amen? God bless you this week. 12 days of Christmas, go sign up. Leah, thank you for already signing up. And uh, remember, two people to meet with within 30 days. One that you're goodies with, one friend. And try to create community with someone else that um, you don't know in the church very well. Just create community, simple cup of coffee, have them over for dinner, take them out to Chipotle. Um, have a have a fiesta, right? Amen. God bless you guys. Have a good week.